Attention, radio listeners. Oh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You are paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Beheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Well, people in Central New York claim that uh, Roosevelt Bowie is the best center Syracuse University has ever had. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention. And just like that, it's Friday. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, February 21st, 2020. Centers of Attention is on the air, live and local in central New York, as well as along the World Wide Web. Just get a computer, get a modem, connect it, dial in, and you can be on twitch.tv slash Talk. My name is Seth Everett. He is the venerable Danny Shays. Good morning, Danny. Well, somebody's got to be Danny Shays. Might as well be me. Might as well. Uh, and yes, can you believe it's Friday already? It is another flyby week. Thank goodness, because I'm sick of dog sitting. I hate it. We've been watching. We have this little dog, and he's cute. Even though I don't like dogs, he is he's my buddy. And I finally have gotten warmed up to him. And this week, we're watching some other mongrel. And it's gross. He slobbers, and it's disgusting, and I want to move. Uh, <laughs> nothing uh, Nothing says loving it. dog like dog slobber. I, mean, really, I hate it's... it. I just hate it all over the place. So just get this week over. Um, as far as uh, the, the goings on in Syracuse, obviously, uh, Georgia Tech comes to the Dome on Saturday. You realize um, what I would say to fans, and I just, I'm, I'm saying this, this is like a personal thing that I would do if I was there, and I'm trying to get up there before the season is over. Take pictures around everything. I'll tell you a quick story. I, when I was covering the Denver Broncos in 97, I got a tip that they were changing their uniforms to the blue helmets that they have now. They had, you remember they had the big D on their helmets? Yeah. I heard a yep. tip. I, I, it was a very high-ranking official, told me off the record. He said, when this season's over, we're changing our uniforms. And I bought a disposable camera, because this was before the iPhone. <laughs> and I bought a disposable camera, and I was going to take pictures of everything with the uniforms. Like, every player I was going to take a picture of. And I left the camera on my kitchen table. And I drove off, and I got on I-25, and I said, ah, that's all right. I'll go into next week because they're such a favorite to beat Jacksonville. And this is when Jacksonville had Tom Coughlin and Mark Brunel, and that was the big 13-3 and and the upset, and I never got that chance. So what I'll say to Syracuse fans is go to the Dome because it's going to look really different. Now, it'll probably look better. Don't get me wrong. But I'm a nostalgic guy, and I just... You know, anytime a, a stadium or an arena gets remodeled or replaced, I always say it's for the better. Don't get me wrong. But there's a nostalgia aspect to say, this is what the Dome used to look like. And you're going to have that opportunity. So um, what I would say, and I'm, this is not a chill for commercials. We don't get asked to sell tickets to anything. I'm sure they'll do fine with their crowds. Go to those games and take pictures of everything. When you're on campus, take a picture of the skyline with the dome the way it is. It's going to look really different. Everything's going to look different. And somebody take a picture, not while there's people in it, but someone take a picture of that disgusting urinal in the men's room at the dome 
Just do that once and just save that for posterity because I think they're going to have human being style toilet situations in the new dome. Wow. Now, you, you know, you're talking to somebody who went to games in Archibald Stadium. Um, I know you did. I, 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 I know if I uh, sound old, you sound older. I, I, no, we, no, we've I'm established that, that pattern. And that's great advice because, uh, you know, if I had pictures of the old Archibald with, uh, you know, with me sitting there in the fraternity section with, uh, uh, you know, with those, do you remember the big, you know, in the commercial things, they have those big milk container things, you know, and you got the big, like, milk refrigerator and it's the big sack with the hose sticking out of it that they put in there. And you, am, I, am I making any sense at all? Um, like in the big cafeterias, that's how they used to do milk. Well, we used to, you know, fill those up with like margaritas or other stuff. And back in the day, <laughs> I was not a drinker, but I was, but I was in the fraternity. And uh, so they used to bring those <laughs> under their jackets. Quite a turn. But no, but you know, like that would be a great nostalgia picture of all the fraternity guys, you know, in our, in the old Archibald and the in the snow and the thing coming down with the, you know, sh- you know, shivering in the on the con- sitting on the concrete. Yeah. Uh, the one you you didn't have bleachers, you just sat on concrete, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, that was that was real man football. So no, it's yeah, a, it's, I, interesting. Just, it's, a, it's gross. <laughs> it's 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 really gross, and i you know, I'm just just saying. Just save it for a memory. My f- the, trough, uh, the trough is uh, supernatural. So yeah, I'll that make would be. You, a, I'll make you. That'd chuckle, be one of those. Your, your kids wouldn't believe it. Like really, that they had the trough in the bathroom. I'll, I'll do an old bit. This is an old bit. This is real quick. Um, I took my family to the Prudential Center last night in Newark, New Jersey, and uh, we saw the Devils beat San Jose. I know that we were gonna. Uh, if 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 Buckshot does an update, he's gonna leave with that. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, and they, in their men's room, I don't know the ladies' room because I've never been in the ladies' room, but in their men's room at the uh, the handle to flush everything, they have, at, in every toilet slash urinal in the whole building, they have engraved New Jersey Devils logos. Wow. It's the, weird, it's, it's the weirdest thing. But you cannot tell me that is cheaper than auto flush. Like, <laughs> you spent... A fortune to engrave devil logos like you took every one of those fixtures and put them in things remembered and had some idiot stamp a logo engrave a logo in there just buy auto flush why, why, why am I touching these things I don't want this okay that's an old bit all right I'm with you okay so anyway p- take pictures of the dome and uh, tomorrow uh, we do have right re- is it regular pregame Regular pregame, folks? Yes. So yes, regular I'm pregame is pre-game. three here on ESPN Syracuse with Seth uh, and, and Danny here. And uh, the postgame is Twitch only. And uh, Buckshot's uh, sitting in there. Uh, it's Twitch only because we have a crunch game, I think. And, yeah, that's our programming note. So tomorrow, Georgia Tech. And then uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, there's a great article on Syracuse.com. Uh Mike Waters sat down with John Wildhack, and it's something we can do it later on, but we'll just just check it out and uh, just dissect it because I'll be perfectly honest with you. It leaves you wanting more. Like, I, I just want one more definitive answer. Just, I don't know. And the value of the violations and the probation um, and the, the loss of scholarships, you're feeling that now. And there was a very interesting conversation yesterday. I asked Atan and Rosie, and I've asked you this before, mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious to say, number one, do you think 
Both those guys, and you didn't say this, but both those guys said to me they were annoyed. Not, not annoyed is not the best word. They're just surprised, and they disagreed with O'Shea Brissett's decision to leave. And Atan's theory, and I know you've talked about this with Atan when you did the show with him, is that unless you're a lottery pick, you don't go out early. Right. That's it. You have not said that. He says that, and he said it very adamantly. So I wanted to get your take on what that meant, because if you're under that logic, both Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett should have stayed. And if they stay, this is a very different conversation. So before you start pinning this on violations and scholarships, talk about that comment. And when Atan said it, it caught me up because I'd never heard someone say that. Because when it happened, I was like, I thought O'Shea was wrong. But people are like, well, how could you argue with the money? And you remember, we had the whole conversation with Donna DeTota about it. And, she, and I'm just giving the listeners a little context. And she was like, well, he is happier than anything. Like, he, he loves his decision. And Atan was exactly the opposite. Where do you stand on that? Well, we're going to talk about theory and practice. Because if you look at guys who came out recently, uh, if, and the point is, if you're not a lottery pick, the team doesn't have enough investment in you to guarantee you're going to have enough runway to develop. And uh, and that's really the issue because when you look at guys, uh, you know, who, if you if you come out and you get kind of drafted by a random team in the second round, you don't have a long contract, uh, or uh, like a guy like Tyler Lydon who got low in the first round, had a couple of years, but then got hurt for one of them, never got in rotation, and then the yep. next year there's a whole new batch of guys coming, and next year a whole new batch of guys coming that all have to get playing time. And unless you get super established up front, sometimes you just get lost in the mix and off you go. Tyler Lydon being a perfect example recently. Now, uh, specifically O'Shea Brissett, he gets uh, signed by Toronto, his hometown team. Couple of breaks, guys get injured. He goes from G League to the you know to the big uh, uh, you know to to the the NBA roster early in his career, and he you know gets shows pretty well. And you know now they're interested in him, right? So it, it. it worked out, and and if he's happy, that's really the only thing that matters. Uh, you know, I thought Jeremy Grant came out early, yeah. uh, but for him, uh, he ended up going to a team that uh, you know when when Philly was down, and he had opportunity to play and establish himself and grow and develop, uh, which is rare for a guy you know getting drafted low. Um, you know, to have that kind of thing, then he you know then he was able to stay established, get established turned into a big money player. So, uh, you know, so much of it is a crapshoot. I remember, uh, like, even back in our era, Leo Routens came out, got drafted by the Sixers, who had a guy named Julius Irving at his position. Uh, and you're like, and even though he got drafted pretty high, you're like, where are you going with that? You're never getting on the court. Uh, you know, you play your two years, and then, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, are you getting better? Are you getting worse? You know, how does it work? And uh, so you're really at the at the mercy of the draft at that point. And, um, like, the guy who really, you know, ended up in a, getting a bum deal uh, was Orenze on Oahu. He got hurt uh-huh. uh, his, at the end of his senior year. Then there was the lockout. Uh, yep. And so he never got even, like, a sniff. Then the next year, all new guys come in. And he kind of, uh, you know, just never really had the opportunity to establish himself. Now he's played overseas, had a nice career. Uh, so it's up for him to decide. I'm, just, know, how, I'm looking it up right as we speak. Yeah. How did it work out? Um, so it's, it's, the, the tough part is it's really hard to quantify because so much of it is the luck of the draw. The, but you know, getting back to the point of if I'm a lottery pick, 
less of a luck of a draw. I, I'm getting a real contract. I'm getting a real opportunity. Hey, I still got to have the goods, right? I, at the end of the day, I still got to come out and be an NBA level player. So, um, uh, will, now will, will O'Shea get that opportunity or will he have his, his moment in the sun and then, you know, turn into an overseas player? Tough, you know, but at least for him, he's got, you know, he got a real look and a real opportunity, uh, you know, with his hometown team. So, you know, for him, if, if he's happy again, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's what matters at the end of the day. I just, I, 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 it took me aback. Now, the, here's the question I asked them based on what he said. Because remember, I was thrown by it. You know what I mean? I listened to you guys when you were there, but I listened to every show and I never heard him say it. So I was a little thrown. So I asked this question. So now I want to ask this to you and I want to ask this to our audience. And that is, do you think this program was thrown by both Tyus and O'Shea's decision and that they didn't count on that and as a result didn't have plan B and C and that this team is undermanned because of that. That this team was thrown. Now, they'll never admit it. And this is, you know, you want to blame Coach Beheim, You want to do the assistants. You want to blame Wildhack, whomever. But that what they could have done is seen the writing on the wall and gone for other bodies. And again, we're not talking about stars, and maybe you'd have the same starting five, but you'd have more options or something or somebody bigger or something. Um, what about that idea that, you know, this team was never supposed to have Dolajai playing 40 minutes or Sidibe playing, you know, 35, 40 minutes? That that was never supposed to be the, 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 the thing. And right. almost like an injury, Brissett threw this program for a loop. Yeah, I don't think there's for that matter. Yeah, well, I don't think there's a surprise Tyus left because he wanted to leave the year before, Correct. and just couldn't make the math work. So I know, I, I just didn't want to leave. Surprise! No, no, I, I get it, but but also begs the question that he could have made the same decision uh, that year, right? Of course, and uh, come out and, and said same thing, went through the mill and said, mm, you know, not not there yet. And uh, but and he you know, wasn't. I think there was, I think there was some pressure that he because he had you know almost jumped the year before. If he had not jumped this year, it might have looked like blah blah blah. You know, you got people chirping in your ear all the time. Who knows? O'Shea, I think threw. Yeah, but I wanted a Tom Thomas to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think <laughs> this I don't is what think I want. O'Shea I want was... a Tom Thomas to sit down and have lunch with Elijah Hughes before this season's over. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think uh, O'Shea was uh, was expected. I think that was a surprise um, when he came out. I, I I don't know anyone thought he was ready. Uh, I didn't. And, I was stunned, and, and I don't think that uh, anyone was expecting. Uh, him to you know him to jump. I was I was stunned. That was that was one of the weirdest days when I heard it. Uh, we weren't doing the daily shows at that point, but I was on the post game show, and I I went on, and I remember I was saying it. And I was like, no, no freaking way, like no way. I I was shocked. Uh, it was strange. All right. Uh, so your thoughts point, on though. that. But last point, because you did bring it up, was this, was the university, you know, saying, "Oh, we're we're set. We don't need more guys." They never do that. They're always they're always looking. Let's get an extra. Let's get you know. Let's you know maximize what we have. If we got you know fourteen good guys, let's get fourteen good guys. Because there's too many question marks. Too many guys that look good on paper. You don't know as they play. You know, as you mentioned, injuries, maybe academics. Uh, there's sure. just too many wild cards to not have. Uh, you know, full out. We're getting as many guys as we can justify. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely understand. Uh, we will continue this conversation. Check out the Mike Waters, John Wildhack piece. It's great. 
Um, and it just it raises a lot of lot of questions as we go through. There's also talk about the NFL's new CBA proposal that has been voted on by the owners. Wait to hear this and just hear what the players are saying and whether or not these players are going to ratify this sucker. Because if they do, I my heart goes out to a lot of big, tall twice my size men because these guys are getting uh, they're, they're getting beat with a paddle there it, it, it looks really ugly we'll talk about that in just a second ESPN Syracuse Q Sports Talk on Twitch this is Centers of Attention on Twitch Q Sports Talk and on the radio ESPN 97.7 and 100.1 this is Centers of Attention Hey, join Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays prior to SU basketball games all season long this Saturday, 3 o'clock, Georgia Tech at the Dome. And they will have the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota pregame show. That's all coming up. This portion of the show is brought to you by Joe Bowers Farm Ins- Farmers Insurance in North Syracuse. All right. Um, NFL owners yesterday, with no shocker, accepted the negotiated terms of a new proposed CBA, collective bargaining agreement, sending the vote to players ahead of a potential agreement between the sides. All 32 owners met Thursday in New York City for an update on the current proposal. Three-fourths of the owners had to approve the CBA for it to be ratified. The owners were not unanimous, but they do have enough support. Um, let me give you some of the particulars. Um, some of the proposal's key terms. Ready? Here it is. The elimination of any game suspension strictly for marijuana, positive marijuana tests. A reduction in the number of players subjecting for, subjected to testing for marijuana. I mean... It, <laughs> okay, right. that's the little stuff. Now let's get to the good no, stuff. No, but... but you know that they're using medical marijuana to help these guys get through these injuries, especially these head injuries. And how is there, how is there any testing for that? I, I God, just let them smoke weed. Come on. Uh, gambling definitions that ensure players receive a portion of gambling re- revenue brought in by the league. Uh, alterations to training camp, including introduction to a five-day acclimation period. I'm going to vomit. A limit of 16 days in pads and a limit of four joint practices in a three preseason game scenario. An increase in the active squad by one offensive lineman. Those are some of the the highlights. Um, The CBA would allow the league to expand the regular season from 16 to 17 games at some point in the next four years, although no sooner than 2021. So this season, it's not happening. In exchange for financial and other concessions the players have sought in negotiations. One concession is that the preseason will be shortened by one game, not two. Not two. What? Not two. I'm doing the the fingers here. Not two. One game. Uh, the playoff field would expand to seven teams from each conference, and only one team from each conference would receive a first-round bye, as opposed to two that currently do. You're adding another game, you're adding more playoff teams, that's more football being played, and you're taking away one preseason game. And I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I, these players deserve more. They are get, they're getting beat up. 
and this league doesn't care. And if the players well, take it, it it's yeah. just because the money is too good for them not to say sure. Well, it sounds like the, in the negotiations, the players said, look, we want more money. And the owner said, well, if you want more money, then let's play more games so there's more money for everyone. Instead of just giving them a bigger piece of the pie. Right, and- but the, the money's there. The, they, they make billions already, so they, they don't need... You can give them a bigger piece of the pie, and you don't need more revenue. They, they're not going... They're not eating oodles and noodles for dinner because they only play 16 games. Uh, got it. But as you know, the NFL... Uh, of all of the major sports, the NFL is the most in the control of the owners. Uh, basketball is pretty clear is most in control of the major sports, most in control of the players, uh, which is why, you know, we've seen, uh, a, you know, a different relationship uh, between the players and the owners. And what's interesting about this is, um, you know, I, I don't know. I know the baseball want, union does pretty well. Continue. They, 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 but you know what I'm saying? But on the end of, on the spectrum of who does what, uh, you know, football's at the bottom. The play, the and NBA players are the NBA players are the most vocal, no question. So, uh, so now you have a situation where you know you have a preseason. It used to be what six preseason games, right? Then it went to four. Now it's down to three. I mean, there is a reason for preseason. There's Archie guys Bunker, trying to make when was run. it six? When was it six? Wasn't it? Wasn't it six at one point? What was the highest it was? Tommy, when was it six? I'm, I don't remember it ever being six. I, I remember four. What was the highest number of games? Pre-season. In the preseason? I've only heard four. I don't remember. And I, I'm, I'm saying you, you might be before you're older than me. What? That's true. Anyway, the point is that you know, you gotta, <laughs> preseason serves a purpose. You know, there used to be 12 preseason games. And then, no, I'm kidding. Um, but they, they've shortened it and shortened it. And... You know, yeah, it does serve a purpose, right? Guys are trying to make a roster. You bring in 150 guys trying to make, uh, you know, cutting down to, uh, you know, the final number, which now is going up by one lineman. And um, uh, so, you know, there is a reason. I mean, what do you get out of two preseason games, right? You got to at least have something to, you know, give guys a little bit of a, of a canvas to show their skills. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because they, they're not adding another bye week, right? So, um uh, so just adding so it's not the, 18 uh, weeks. It's 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 going from. I mean, it's not 19 weeks. It's 19 going weeks. from 18 weeks. Right. You're 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 at, you're going. You're, you're adding one. You're not adding. You're right now. Teams get one games by in 17 right. weeks to 17 right. games in 18 weeks. Correct. Not Thank 19 you. weeks. And uh, so, yeah, a, you know, more revenue for everyone. More risk for the one side. And, uh, you know, so you have a really interesting kind of counter proposal there from the owners. So is your position that, you know, more money is not worth the risk or is, hey, you know, let's, you know, the more games we play, the more money we make? There's no reason this sport needs to have more games. They, they, they make more money than anything. They are they. It, it, it's it's inappropriate. Now let's let's read some tweets. Let's read some tweets. But before you do that, let, yeah. as a comparison, the NBA is now having a huge push to shorten the number of games in the season. Correct. Which the, I don't know how the though, owners. I don't know how the owners are saying yes to that, but okay. So <laughs> it's very you know, so very you, different. 
is a comparison. And now here you have a game where they've already added two weeks onto the season, so they're getting rid of most of the back-to-backs. Obviously, travel, healthcare, all that is has yep. improved exponentially. Uh, they yep. extended the All-Star break for a full week to let players, you know, get there, have a couple of days, get back, have a couple of days. Yep. Where before you played on Thursday, you had the game Saturday, Sunday, you played on Tuesday. I mean, you had one. One day to get there, one day to get home, boom, you're back playing. So, you know, they've made a huge number of accommodations. Then on top of that, they're saying, well, maybe we should rejigger the schedule and maybe, you know, hack off whatever the number they're talking for, six games, um, you know, to make it even more of, you know, or less wear and tear on the players. So interesting how you have one sport going, you know, the one way in football, which is the most physically demanding you know, injury prone sure. sport going by a lot. Let's add yeah. more games. It's 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 embarrassing. Um, it really it, it is really embarrassing. Uh, I don't follow a lot of football players. I do follow Richard Sherman, and I don't like everything he's done. I you know he sometimes crosses lines, uh, but I do like what he he invests in a lot of things. He he is very very entrepreneurial, and he worked with me on Spreecast. I, I when when I was working for a startup called Spreecast, that's how I worked with Prince and Richard Sherman was part of it. So I just want I want that that known. I I like Richard Sherman. I don't like everything he's done. I'm not I'm not endorsing some of the obnoxious things he's done. Uh, Darren Ravel, uh, formerly of ESPN, now with um, some gambling network, uh, he says, I've been covering sports labor for 20 years. This deal the NFL owners are putting forth might be the worst deal, with the exception of the deal the NHL players in 05 after a year off. There's no way the NFL PA says yes to this. Okay. Richard Sherman applauded that. He retweeted that. Then J.J. Watt. Now, J.J. Watt, would you say, is one of the faces of the league? Yeah. Oh, right. there's, there's one. I have, let me jump in quick because there's one major sure. element of the deal that you didn't discuss, and that is most contracts are 16 game contracts. And now, when they talk about adding a 17th game, the question was, well, how much do they get paid? Is it pro rata? And the answer, if I read it correctly, was the players would earn 250 a game uh, for. On, on, on the average salary, so a lot of players would be taking like a seventy-five percent pay cut for that one game until all the contracts cycled through, and they now negotiated seventeen-game contracts. So part of the seventeenth game at the beginning is players would be well underpaid in the seventeenth game for the seventeenth game. So that was, and it's turning out to be a, you know a, a little bit of a sticking point. Okay, JJ uh, Watt. Um... 14 hours ago, wrote on Twitter, hard no on that proposed CBA. That's J.J. Watt. Richard Sherman then retweeted that and said, leadership, I am with you. Please communicate with your team rep. That's the point I wanted to wrap up this segment with and just say, if these players are squawking on Twitter, call your team rep. Make sure in the next three days, that enough players who don't want this deal tell your union rep. Tell them they are voting on this this weekend. You could scream all you want with your 2.1 million followers. If you don't and they vote yes, you are screwed. And I hope these NFL players are calling their union reps, and I hope they don't sleep today until this thing gets shot down. And I don't. I have this 
ominous feeling that it is being talked about like it is a fait accompli, like it is happening that this is going to be the new CBA. And I, it, it, I've, I've always been a player's guy. I've always been a union person. I just, uh, please, NFL players, do something with your careers. It's your lives. It's your health. What are you doing? Okay. Uh, wow. So here, here begs the Take question. Take pictures of the urinals in the dome. And, <laughs> no, here, here begs the question. NFL player, if you would earn 10% more to play one more game a year, is that a good deal? No. Right? No. It is if you don't get hurt. No. It is if you don't get hurt. But too many guys get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Too many guys get hurt. But that's the dilemma. I'm not saying which side I'm on. NFL needs... NFL does not need a 17th game. It's greedy people getting greedier. Yes, we'll all watch the 17th game. I love the NFL, okay? It's not that... It's don't you don't need a seventeenth game. The NFL has sixteen games, and that's fine. We'll take a quick timeout. This is ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. This is Centers of Attention. All right, this portion of the show is brought to you by Bill Rapp Superstore's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, tablet, or mobile device at BillRapp.com. I think I figured out in the break what will annoy me about this NFL stuff. Okay. Because this is not my fight. You know what I mean? I, this is, I'm not an NFL player. I, don't, I know maybe half a dozen NFL players in my, my life. Um, but... Um, I will get annoyed if those guys go so big on Twitter and, I mean, J.J. Watt's been retweeted, I think, like half a million times or something. I I, I saw something. I I don't have it. Like, it was some crazy number. I I don't know what the number is. If you do that, that's wonderful. Social media is... I'm a pro-social media guy. I love it. I know it can be a cesspool, but I love it. And... If they do this and then the, the, the constituency votes to approve this deal, I just I, – all I picture is just a bunch of NFL owners sitting there with cigars just going, <laughs> pull a fast one on them. I don't know why I think all owners look like – sound like that, but I just – that's how I feel. And I think that's the thing. And what I'd like is for the NFL players to stand up for yourselves. Have we learned enough? We learned enough. That's all. All right. Um, where do we go here? You, uh, you, you, you had a chance to see the uh, the article with uh, Wild Hack. Sure. What was your biggest sure. takeaway? Well, we have, you, you and I had talked before about um, you know what's the uh, the, the Jim Beheim succession plan and how long is he going to be here and is there one uh, and. Uh, you know, the two sides of it. One is, unless you know when, it's hard to have a succession plan. Well, I'll back up a step. You can have one internally, right? Like they had with, you know, Hopkins. Mike Hopkins was here, and he's the guy. Right, and we said, you don't have to tell us. You just have yeah. to have one. So, you know, right now there's, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, Jerry McNamara. You have Adrian Autry. Um, Alan Griffin. You know, Alan Griffin on the bench. You know, those are, so that's. The, the pool of succession plan. 
outside of that, it's a timing issue. Is it next year? Is it five years from now? Is it 10 years from now? I don't know. Uh, you don't know who's available. You don't know. Who. So it's hard to have a succession plan unless it's internal. And because there's certainly nobody waiting on the sidelines for, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the job six years from now. Right. So uh, so he made the comment that uh, right now, Jim Beheim's the coach. That's our plan. Uh, there is no succession plan uh, in a specific way, meaning uh, obviously that means that the th- you know, the three assistants are not the plan, and uh, they'll either look for somebody at the time or depending on how much notice they get, if Jim says this is my last year and then they've got a year to figure it out or if a year ends and, or, you know, o- over something, who knows, a health issue, uh, um and say issue, uh, you know, buddy retires and then all of a sudden he, you know, year or two, yeah, he loses interest and I'm done. Uh, so, you know, if it's a sudden thing, then you've got to scramble. If it's, a, you know, he's given a year notice, the, of course, the problem with that is it kills your recruiting because every other coach says, oh, you're a wild card. You don't know where you're going to, who's the coach going to be. Nobody should go there. And so it's a very tough thing to put something together that's not an internal, we have our guys sitting next to him ready to go. Can I ask a naive question? Sure. I, I don't know the answer to this, and I apologize because maybe I should, but I don't know the answer to this. Do you think Duke has a succession plan? Um, they don't have to the tell one, us. Again, they don't have to tell us. They don't have to tell have us, one. but here's the difference with Duke is that there's probably 10 major college coaches that were Duke guys who are salivating at the opportunity to be the to replace successor. Okay. You know, the Bobby Hurleys of the world, and you know these guys who are already out there with jobs – um, who, uh, you know, you have the Krzyzewski tree, right? There's a lot of coaches out there. So they have yeah, a yeah. big pool to choose from where Syracuse doesn't. You know, Jim Beheim's never been known for uh, the, the Hubie Brown coaching tree. The had Rick Pitino. John Calipari. The, I mean, yeah, that's had, a bad example because, you know. <laughs> well, but that even wasn't a tree. Rick was here for a year and then left because he was ambitious. And um, uh, But, you know, there aren't, there aren't 20 head coaches uh, mm-hmm. that were groomed as – you know, Beheim assistants that, you know, that were then, you know, got into other jobs. Uh, Hopkins is still, you know, he's one. Uh, would he, you know, if who knows well, we what circumstances, the other day. Yeah. you know, would he be in the love running or do you find another major college guy, whoever that would be um, at the time? So, uh, you know, the other competing factor is that you want somebody who wants to be here. Uh, this is you know, like Dino Babers when he came in ending the football carousel. You got a guy like the, Doug, who wants... Like when Doug Marone said he, this was his ultimate exactly. job and then he left for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he Bill. left and then there was... They went through, what, six coaches <laughs> in eight years of all the guys who then stepping stone to the NFL or to wherever. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, I, I, we, you know, we joke that he's Prince Charles, right? Nobody remembers a time before Jim Beheim, And uh, uh, you know, if, you're under, if you're under 60, you know, he's Queen Elizabeth for, for us. And uh, so, you know, the next guy who comes in has obviously big shoes to fill, but also Syracuse is used to having coaches who are Syracuse guys who want to. um, So, you know, do you look at, you know, other Syracuse guys, you know, who have come and gone, a Leo Routens or a a Derek Coleman or whoever. I'm just picking names out of the hat uh, Mm -hmm. or out of the air. So, um, you know, guys who would want to be here, you know, with Syracuse connections with, you know, that's ideal. But is that something an athletic director has to do now? 
Does he have to, like, figure out a list? Like, th th that's what I asked him on the podcast. And I have the audio. If we, if we, I mean, I couldn't get it in 15 minutes. But I, he, when, when he was on my podcast, he said, I, I said to him, I said, you can keep it on a little piece of paper. Uh, you could put it in the notes app on your iPhone. Like, hey, you just do, do it somewhere. You know what I mean? Just have it. And, and does, is that the job of an athletic director? Well, you keep an eye on things. But again, we're, are we talking two years, six years, nine years, right? I mean, so you kind of keep in theory of what you're looking for and you kind of, uh, you know, keep track of people in a loose way. Uh, but until you know a time... <clears throat> and you may, like I said, you may have a day notice, you may have a year notice. Uh, that's, you know, th that, even that isn't known. So, I, you know, I think that it's, it's it, like I said, unless you're promoting from within, there's really no way to have a succession plan short of, you know, just kind of general outline of what you're looking for. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think you do it and then you have to have, you have to have the plan and you update it. You say, if it's this year, like hope for the best, prepare for the worst, right? Well, that, here would be the here would be the plan. We're looking for a thirty-five-year-old up-and-comer who will be can be here for thirty years. Or <clears throat> are we replacing Jim Beheim with a fifty-five to sixty guy with a huge resume uh, who brings immediate cachet? Um, you know, which kind of guy are you looking at? And that kind of plan you can have. Right. Uh, you know, like in the NBA, it became very hip to look for young guys. Right. They want guys who are going to, you know, maybe be there in 10 years. So all of a sudden you had this rash of, you know, 30 something coaches, uh, you know, who were maybe not well known, but they had resumes and they were, you know, active guys. The Eric Spolsters of the world. I mean, he was internal, but, you know, you look at the guys who are who are the recent generation or more, uh, you know, some players, some of you know uh, analytics types but they're you know they're going younger younger so um you know so again it, uh, that you can put together you know what's my strategy for for getting a guy then you know who knows maybe a big name guy gets uh for whatever reason gets gets fired or decides to quit or you know has a health issue and he needs to take a year off and then he becomes available you know all these things are just completely random and uh, you know, so, so like I said, you you put you put a, a a general kind of thought together, and then you know, you look for what you get when the time comes. I just think fans read that they want, like I just want to hear Wild Hex say something to the effect of, "Don't worry, I got it." Right. I, I got I got it. He 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 can stay for as long as he wants. I got the plan. I, I have it. I think that's all anybody wants to, to, to hear. All right. Uh, coming up in just a moment, why former voice of the Orange Dave Pash has one of the weirdest jobs in sports. That's coming up next on ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk. And on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Fun show today. Very lively. Lively, lively, lively. Um, so we, we love Dave Pash. Dave Pash was a uh, senior when I was a freshman. He uh, convinced me to go to WAR. I didn't know what WAR was, and he said, you're nobody if you don't go, and I appreciated that. Um, he said it a lot nicer than I just portrayed. Um, and he does the NBA broadcast with Bill Walton, and they are a treat, right? They're, they're a treat. Uh, yesterday, they got... Uh, visited by the comedian Frank Caliendo, 
who does a hell of a Bill Walton. Here, listen to this. ASU with the ball, and I don't even care. <laughs> Addison Patterson with the basket. Addison for Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something in a poetry slam, Dave. I'm Edgar, just a Edgar Allen Poe. Great pass. Alonzo Verge. Oh, somebody take a shot. Edwards with two on the shot clock. Oh, it's the Raven nevermore. I am so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of the life of Dave Pash. That, that's that's funny. You played against Bill Walton, correct? I did. I did. Bill and I For the ten minutes close. that he was on the floor because he was always hurt. Uh, well, he was near the end of his career when I came in, but uh, yeah. Bill's, you know, one of the all-time great guys, one of the all-time, uh, just, uh, uh, we have a little more time, I'll tell you a couple of Bill Walton stories, but, uh, but you gotta love Bill Walton. Good. That, that's very cool. All right. So here's the plan. Uh, Saturday at the Dome. What's the lacrosse plan for tomorrow, uh, for this week? They have a game tomorrow, right? It's not at the Dome. Oh, they play Sunday. They play. Hold on, I have this. I I bookmark this stuff for a reason. Uh, lacrosse is. They've got Army. Oh, they've got Army Sunday at one at the Dome. Very cool. I'll be watching that game. Um, that should be a lot of fun tomorrow. Georgia Tech pregame at three here on ESPN Syracuse. It's on TK ninety nine. The play by play, and then of course the post game is on Cuse Sports Talk only on Twitch uh, TV. So that is all coming up tomorrow. I'm interviewing Ben Affleck for my Hall of Justice podcast. So I'm very excited. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I want to talk Argo with him. I want to talk Batman with him, and I'm probably not going to get to talk any of those things. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow. Danny, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the pregame. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Danny Shays. I'm Seth Everett. This is ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch.